You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 330 South Market Street. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, so the kids are heading to kids' church. There's a movie coming out. I'm not preaching the movie. Uh, I haven't even seen the movie. I've read about it. I've heard the songs. How many of you know who Jeremy Camp is? Have you heard? He's been on our radios for almost 20 years, singing, if you listen to Christian radio, singing songs. And this is a movie about his first wife who had ovarian cancer. Uh, they got married. I don't think they were married for very long before she died. And then he wrote a song, I Still Believe. And the lyrics are actually on the back of your bulletin. But... I think that one of the appeals to the movie is it's something that we all struggle with. I think every one of us have some form of unanswered prayer in our life that we just think that if God would answer that prayer, everything would be better. Maybe that's a prayer for a family member, a prayer for a parent, a prayer for a job, for money, for health, for something about us that seems defective. You know, if we were, if we were more outgoing or if we were better speakers or if we had better memories or something. We all think that God could use us if, if things were just different. But so many times, God can use us just the way we are. A matter of fact, I've seen some people that I thought would shoot to the top in ministry and be the most successful ever. Uh, they could memorize anything, had a verse for everything, and um, I didn't see them shoot to the top like I thought. Instead, it seems like sometimes God chooses the most unlikely people to be the ones that He uses greatly. The ones that have the defects and the flaws that are totally unable to do things on their own, but instead they do it uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, and they know it's not them, that God's using them, and God uses that. So, I think I mentioned before that I read that Seventeen magazine, which I do not read, but I saw a clipping that said that they're already rating this as like one of the best romantic movies of 2020. How do they do that? This is about a woman dying, a woman who is trying to have faith in Jesus and she's going to die. I mean, it's like standing in line to see the Titanic and saying out loud, hey, you know the boat sinks, right? To see a movie about someone dying, how can that be encouraging to even non-Christians? And I think what's so encouraging that people want to see is the depth of that love that says, I know that you might not make it, but I'm going to love you until you go be with Jesus. I know that you're going to go through a hard time and this might be hard, but I'm going to be here for you. And it's like, how could somebody meet somebody and fall in love that fast and then get married and go through that whole thing? How could there be a connection? And then I'm like, well, wait. I heard about my wife, I think, the very end of June or so. I was thinking about who this person could be that bought my parents' car on July 4th in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And then I was, um, met her a few, I don't know, three weeks later, and we were married in October. So you got towards the end of July and October. That's pretty quick to fall in love and say, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I prayed for a wife, and she was definitely an answer to prayer. And the same thing happened in this relationship. Now, um, Jeremy is remarried, and uh, he has a few kids, and, um, but this movie could actually help us lead lost people to Jesus. This movie, even though she didn't get healed, could help us to enter conversations and say, you know, we're all going to die sometime, so how will we die? And I forgot to mention that our friend Joe has gone public now with, um, he's having non-epileptic seizures that are destroying his life, and I've known about it for a while. 
But uh, so you need to pray for our friend Joe, who works at the camp. And then um, we all that have been here for a long time watched our friend Mike die. Uh, his name's on the highway, adopt a highway sign, and he went to church here with great faith, uh, went to be with Jesus. He, as far as I know, didn't lose his faith along the way. He kind of lost his mind and would talk in circles and things like that when I would be around sometimes. But he was faithful, and will we be faithful? If God doesn't give us exactly what we want, if we are struck with an illness or a difficulty or financial hardship or whatever it is, will we stay faithful to the very end with our last cancerous breath or our, while we're having a heart attack or, or whatever? When we're about to exit the stage of this life and enter the next, are we going to glorify God with our every last breath because we are so confident that the minute we step out of this life, we immediately step into the into the eyes, into the hands, and the arms of Jesus, if we have that kind of confidence, that should make a difference in our life. And I think that's what the movie's going to show. I'll never, I won't be able to see the movie before I have the two messages on it, but here's a clip that you can watch. After I can only imagine, Andy and I weren't even looking for another music movie. I still believe. But when you encounter a story that good, and that meaningful and that inspiring. We both think this has to be our next film. The DNA of our brand, it constantly comes back to a rush of hope. I think Jeremy and Melissa's story speaks specifically to that. It's really a gift to be able to tell a true life story. There's something really special to it. I think I Still Believe kind of chose us. The film itself really is a beautiful love story, and so we all kind of can relate to that. Just the idea that he's willing to endure whatever version of life that they get together just because he wants to have every moment with her, that to me is like romance. I hope people, after seeing the love between Jeremy and Melissa, think, wow, I hope that I can one day be in love like that. We see the joy, we see the hope, we see the inspiration that these two in their relationship provide. And that was the whole heart of it. That's what sold us on the movie. It's a really authentic story that shows young love going through some of the biggest challenges that you can imagine. I still believe. I am so scared. But if one person's life is changed by what I go through, it won't be worth it. Jeremy goes into this knowing that he's up for a battle, and yet he wants to be part of the army to fight with her. This is a love that goes beyond fear, that goes beyond any doubt. I don't know the answers to your questions, but I do know this, that my life is not full in spite of the disappointments. It's full because of them. That's what this movie is about, is journeying through your biggest fear and coming out the other side still believing, still loving God. This is something that God gave me as a gift to heal me, and I believe that God can use to heal many people. I can't wait for the world to see this movie. I still believe. I still believe. I've never met anyone like you before. I'm just one star in an infinite galaxy. Some stars shine brighter than others.
I think I saw someone had commented on YouTube that they don't remember ever shedding a tear during a preview. So it's a great opportunity. I think that while many people criticize Christian film and say, oh, you know, it's poor quality, the graphics aren't as good or whatever, that there's a lot of Christian film out there that can lead people back to Jesus, that can help them. It tells a story while they sit there that they don't have to read. It's uh, a great opportunity for us. We should pray for its success. But today, I just wanted to focus on the time we have. I still believe when God doesn't seem to answer my prayer. And like I said, I think a lot of us have prayers that have gone unanswered. And we will somehow get to the end of this life and maybe Jesus will tell us why our prayer wasn't answered the way we thought or why we waited or didn't get what we wanted or had lost somebody or didn't get that thing or, or whatever. But on the other hand, there are so many prayers that are answered. There are so many prayers that we don't even realize are being answered or in process of being answered. I mean, a lot of times we just expect that we ask, we pray, and that God will provide right away. But sometimes He's preparing the stage for the answer to our prayer. And sometimes He's preparing us to be ready for the answer to prayer. And sometimes He's saying, you know what? Your idea is good, but my idea is even better. And I'm not going to answer that prayer because I'm going to make sure that you're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And I'm afraid if I give you what exactly you're asking for, you will be greatly disappointed and you'll miss out on my perfect will. So, uh, number one, confidently wait on God. In your bulletin, I just gave you the answer so you don't even have to worry about filling in the blank. Psalm 40, 1 through 5. A prayer of David totally relates to the things that we struggle with. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. May Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. No one can recount to you were I to speak and tell of them. They would be too many to declare. What is your miry sinking mud out of the slimy pit? He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. What is the mud that you get stuck in? Sometimes it's the sin that we're in. Sometimes it's the situation that we're in. Sometimes the situation is one that we were born into. Sometimes the situation is one that we made. The Bible does say we reap what we sow, and sometimes we make a big mess out of our lives, and we need God's help to pull us out and to help us live a new way. Sometimes we adopt habits or cultural things around us that we think are okay because everybody's doing it, but God's Word says, no, that's not what a Christ follower does. It's not what a Christ follower thinks. That's not what, how a Christ follower treats people or, or thinks about those things. So we confidently wait on God. We wait for God to rescue us. We wait for God to help us. We wait for God to encourage us. So I've told you before that when I was in high school, I... Uh, felt like God wanted me to listen to the Christian radio station. I did not want to listen to it because I'd rather listen to the other stuff. But when I listened to the Christian radio station, it seemed like God would bless me. When I listened to the other stuff, it seemed like something would go wrong in my life, like he was disciplining or chastening me. And it was like a science experiment. It's like, I'm going to step over here and see what happens. It's like, ooh, that didn't didn't go good. So then I'm like, okay, I'm listening to the Christian music. And back then, it was not like now. Now Christian music is good. I mean, there are so many varieties of Christian music and it's high quality. Uh, 
It's available uh, through all those music services. And so some weeks I have a dry week, but other weeks I have, I have Spotify, um, not a paid advertisement or anything, but they give you your, I don't know, 30 uh, weekly pick songs that they thought you might like or whatever, and I, I scroll through them. And so I was having like difficult, discouraging time the last few weeks, and it's like song after song after song, songs I had never heard of before, were like encouraging and, and saying, you know, um, have faith, hang in there, God's not done with you yet, all sorts of things. And God can speak through music. We don't have a hymn book in front of you, but our grandparents would sing those hymns and know those hymns. And, you know, hymns are good, but we can, with our music services, uh, actually have the lyrics scrolled on the screen. Or you can go on YouTube, find the song, the lyric video, and as they sing the songs, lyrics will go across the screen. But words are powerful. The Word of God in our life is powerful. The words from songs are encouraging. And the Holy Spirit can use that, the memorized verses, the verses that you've memorized, all of those things to encourage us through those hard times. There are many times when it seems like God doesn't answer our prayer. After losing most of his family and fortune, Job said, I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me, Job 30.20. Tired of running and hiding from his enemies, King David said, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. Psalm 22, 1-2. And after the death of their brother Lazarus, Mary and Martha told Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. John 11, 21, and 32. So, we go through life, we go through difficulties, and we... Will we hold out? Will we trust God? Will we sit there and and wait and say, okay, the God who created everything, the God who hopefully has saved me, hopefully you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want your prayers answered, that's the first thing you need to do is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That opens the door to get prayers answered. But will we trust Him to fix our problems? Will we ask? James says, in the book of James, it says we have not because we ask not. And sometimes we ask, for wrong reasons, so that we can do it, have, get the stuff for our own selfish pleasures. But have we asked? How many things have you wanted? Or how many needs have gone by that you haven't prayed for? Or maybe you prayed once and then you just quit. But Jesus, I won't share this now, but Jesus told the story of the persistent widow who kept asking and asking and asking. And then her, her need was met. Her Finally, given in, her need was met. But we confidently wait on God. Isaiah 40 30 says, the prophet Isaiah says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Isaiah 40, 30. So, we go through life, and we trust God. We wait patiently for the Lord, like David said in Psalm 40. Waiting patiently. Waiting for what? Waiting for the answer. Waiting for clarity. Waiting for Him to guide and direct. Waiting for Him. Romans 8, 28 says He works all things together together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose, to wait for Him to rearrange things, to wait for the right time, and we wait for Him to provide. And He lifts us out of a slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and set our feet on a rock. A new song in our mouth, and we trust in the Lord. When we look in Scripture and we see all that God has done, and we look at our lives and see all God has done, and we read Christian biographies and we see all that God has done, Like, read about George Mueller. That's an old one. There's a Moody Classics library that you can get, like, this whole horde of books. 
like on um, Kindle or um, Google Playbooks or whatever, for like $14, you can get this whole horde of books that include books by like R.A. Torrey and E.M. Bounds on prayer. Uh, that's actually a book that was really influential in my young Christian life on praying, was uh, E.M. Bounds' works on prayer. But uh, when you read about Hudson Taylor and his faith in Christ and how he trusted as a missionary to China, or George Mueller who started orphanages without knowing where the money was going to come from and how God would show up at like the last minute and provide things, God was faithful, God was good. We can confidently wait on God. So when we are confidently waiting on God, have we done these things? Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Have you done those things? The prayer that you want answered, the prayer that's not answered yet, the prayer that you're waiting for, did you ask? Did you seek? Did you knock? Did you ask the Lord? In specifics, what the need was, there's no guarantee He's going to answer the way that you think, but at least you'll have confidence that He heard. John 15, 7, If you remain, or another version, abide in Me, and My words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given or it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You know, when you're doing that, when you are in remaining in the Lord, when you're abiding in the Lord, your heart changes. So some things that you're asking for that aren't right, your heart changes and you'll stop asking for them because between Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you'll be like, okay, I guess maybe I don't need to pray for that. Maybe that's not something that I need. Maybe I don't need to pray for that because you have something better. I can be content because godliness with contentment is great gain. So I can just, I'm good with what I have or I'm good in this situation, or I'm good trusting, or I'll wait for the right time. Confidently wait on God. So, Matthew 6.33, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Do you seek God's kingdom first? Do you pursue God in worship? Do you think about how God wants to use me as His child to build His kingdom? Do you uh, give towards His kingdom? Do you pray for uh, the church and for the people in the church and for the universal church around the world and for missionaries and for the things of God to be established and glorified. And um, you pray. And finally, John 5.14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. 1 John 5.14. So number one, we confidently wait on God. Are you confidently waiting on God? Because you've done these things. You prayed, you've asked, you're trusting, you're seeking God's kingdom, you're doing, you've also, if you regard iniquity in your heart, God might not hear your sin. So you want to confess any known sin, you're doing all that, and you wait on God to answer your prayers. Number two, commit to walk in step with God. Commit to walk in step with God. So if you had your Bibles open and you wanted to flip over to Psalm 119, 145, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. What's crazy is that Hebrew children would memorize the whole thing. So, uh, 119, 145, I call with all my heart, answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, O Lord. So, we cry out, we pursue, we are waiting for our prayer to be answered, we're waiting for God to provide, and we keep walking with Him, we keep in step with Him, we keep worshiping Him, we keep pursuing Him, we keep our faith in Him. We don't give up because we didn't get like spoiled child. We don't 
like spoiled children. We don't give up because we didn't get what we wanted. In Mark 5.21, we hear about the uh, uh, synagogue leader, uh, Jairus, and his daughter is dying, and he approaches Jesus and says, my daughter is dying, please help me, please save her. So Mark 5.21, if you are there, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake, and one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now, if you read this passage later, you're going to see that Jesus is going along doing the other stuff that Jesus does. The woman touches him, and uh, he's like, Lord, who touched me? This whole thing's going on. I'm sure Jairus is like, hey, uh, my daughter is dying. Uh, people leave him alone, me first. I'm the priority customer. I, I need him to, to help me. And if you read the passage a little further, they're like, hey, Jairus, don't waste his time anymore because your daughter's dead. And he's like, what? And Jesus is like, um, don't be afraid, just believe. So ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue rulers, don't be afraid, just believe. In the red letters there. Verse 37, he did not let, any, let anyone, anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And then he called out to her and she got up and um, uh, she walked around and um, God answered his prayer. But so many times, it's like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? I don't think that's because Jesus is busy, okay? I'm pretty sure that he can multitask better than all of us. But sometimes uh, there's a process. Sometimes there's a waiting period. For me, it seems like God waits until the very last minute before he answers my prayer. Matter of fact, sometimes I've had enough faith to sit there and wait expectantly and come to the very edge. Not as much faith as Moses with all the people behind him saying, okay, there's a lot of water here. I really hope God opens up a way because Moses like, had to show up to the edge before the water parted. He didn't see it. They didn't say, hey, yeah, Moses, um, so what, about two days ahead, you'll see the water is parted and drying out. It's good to go. But he had to have faith to show up. And then God did what God was going to do and part those waters. And uh, we need to have faith like that. It's a confidence in faith. But what if our child wasn't healed? What if our child died? What if the terrible, uh, the worst thing that we could think of happened to our child? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 from the New Living Translation. From the Bibles we give away. Um, 5.10. Hang on a second. Oh, 5.1-10. Paul talks about our new bodies. He says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God Himself, not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For We live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from 
this body. Our goal is to please Him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So the ultimate goal is for all of us and all of our children to go into the hands of Jesus, to uh, be there if they go before us, waiting for us, because they are saved. And that's why children's ministry is important, and that's why we share Christ with our children and our grandchildren, that they will all be saved. But we make a commitment to walk in the Lord, and we make a commitment to trust, and we make a commitment that whatever the Lord chooses to do, uh, we will continue to follow Him. And number three, and then we'll be done, continue to worship God. Continue to worship God, no matter what it is that you've gone through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much you've been hurt. Continue to worship God. There's a grieving period when you lose somebody. There's a grieving period, um, but you continue to cry out to God, ask God why. Many times the Spirit will speak to your heart and encourage you. Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. And there's a list of all the things that He will do. But do you take delight in the Lord? Because that is a form of worship. If you delight in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. And then, if you page over to uh, 37, 23, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him. Though He may stumble, He will not fall, for the Lord upholds Him with His hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. When we delight in the Lord, it affects us, it affects our children, it affects the people around us. God opens the door for provision in ways that we cannot see. I don't really know what the future holds. I mean, it could be, you know, continual comfort and prosperity. Or it could be hardship and difficulty and disease and death and who knows. But we, as Christ followers, need to continue to worship the Lord and continue to serve Jesus and be those ones that share how to be saved and share how to grow in your faith and share how to lead others to Christ, to disciple people. We continue to worship God. I'm sure you've all heard, maybe if you're a new Christian, you haven't, of the ACTS, A-C-T-S, of worship and prayer. You probably know this and I'm just going to throw it out there real quick. As a reminder, so when you pray, if you don't know what to pray, besides just asking for the stuff, Jesus is not Santa Claus and you're not making a list of wish list, but first you want to spend time adoring the Lord in prayer. Many times you can take scripture from the Psalms and you can read those back to God and uh, just tell God how awesome he is and how you acknowledge that he is powerful and that he answers prayer and uh, adore him, worship him. And then confess any known sin. Confess sins the Holy Spirit brings to mind and ask the Lord to forgive you and to help you not to do that again, to help you clean up your life so that you can live a life that is blessed, a life that is usable by God. Confess any known sin. And then thank Him for everything that He's been doing. Thank Him for stuff that's been going on. Thank Him for things that He's done and He's going to do. Spend some time thanking. And then supplication. S, supplication. So we got A, adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. S, supplication is asking. So ask for others. Ask for missionaries around the world and world needs and then ask for yourself. Some people say it doesn't seem right to ask for myself, but it's totally okay to ask for yourself. But it's even better when you don't just ask for yourself, but you become an intercessory prayer and you pray for other people and their needs to the acts of worship and prayer. On the back of your bulletin are the lyrics from I Still Believe. And you can read those. Um, that's the song for the movie, but um, the uh, middle 
the third verse. Uh, Though the questions still fog up my mind, with promises I still seem to bear, even when answers slowly unwind, it's my heart I see you prepare, but it's now that I feel your grace fall like rain from every fingertip washing away my pain. And then the chorus, I still believe in your faithfulness, I still believe in your truth, I still believe in your holy word, even when I don't see, I still believe. And again, we're not preaching Jeremy Camp, but the important thing is that our life is not what we see right here. We are strangers and aliens in a world that's passing away. Jesus is going to make everything right. We're going to spend eternity with him. He's going to reward us for what we did in the little amount of time that we have here. So let's not waste it. Let's be faithful. Let's trust even when we go through the hard times. Our adversary, Satan wants to do everything he can to trip us up, to discourage us, to make it so we want to run away. He wants to tempt us and accuse us. He wants to destroy our lives so that we don't serve Jesus. But we are forgiven. There isn't anything that you could have done that you can't be forgiven of. And we can be used by the Lord. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you do answer prayer. And Lord, there are prayers that I've had that you've answered in amazing ways. And I hold on to those because they show me that you are caring and involved in my life. And there's other prayers that I've asked over and over again that have not been answered. And I do not know why, but I trust you. And someday maybe you'll explain it to me. And if there's anything that I need to change in my life to get those prayers answered, I pray that you would show me, that you would help me, that you would help us, and that you would make us effective in uh, reaching the world for Jesus so that we can all spend eternity together in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. We meet 10 a.m. Sundays at Chatfield Elementary School on 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.